feel free to look at your notes. As I said before, um, this is the last in the series, so I would like your feedback of whether you want us to carry on with notes or whether you're happy just to listen. Um, it's entirely up to you, but please let me know. Um, I very rarely have a short fuse. Now and again I do. It usually when stress hits me, excuse me, that I can get a little bit ratty. But one thing that really frustrates me is an eight item or less queue. You know, you do your shopping and it says in the above the cashier, eight items or less. Do you remember those? Don't do it, see them very often now because it's a self-serve checkout. But they used to be in eight items or less or baskets only. There you are with three items. Two people in front of you either have a trolley full where it says baskets only or certainly have more than eight items in their basket. And I have been known, believe it or not, to stand back and go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, or twelve items. I know, very unchristian. Sorry, Christian. Um, but it rattles me. And I fail because I should know I should have Jesus and I shouldn't be doing this, yeah. But it rattles me. Unfortunately, I go, oh no. Don't they realise they have ten items? But obviously they don't. But let's be honest, all of us have done those things. All of us can put our hand up and go, you know, really, I've, done, I've really done something I really shouldn't have done. There's times when people have parked outside. There's a car, I really realised since I've been, there's a car that parks almost over our drive here, almost. It's about three foot over. I'm tempted to get a jack, jack it up, move it back and jack it back down again, right? I'm even tempted to let his tight. No, no, not really. <laughs> we can all be guilty of doing stuff that isn't what God wants of us. We've all done it. And we all continue to think like that because we are human. But I've written here. All of us, if we're really honest, there are things that we've done, things that we've said that we wish we hadn't. And so many of us, it's really difficult to get past our own past he says clicking okay try again no wrong button there we go um we find it difficult getting past our own past because there are things that we hold on to now those of you got your bibles just look back a minute look at philippians 3 verse 7 But whatever, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And then it says, what we started reading, not that I have already obtained this, i.e. not that I already know what I should be doing, how I should be doing it. So this morning... I've written here, some of us may we said something to someone that we love and we didn't mean it. 
Yes, we might have even felt at the, the, the time it's the right thing to say and we find it difficult to unsay it. Some of us have made bad decisions in the past and they're now catching up with us. True. Yes? They come back and bite us in the bum, don't they? And we think we've dealt with it, don't we? And then suddenly, out of nowhere, it hits us. And the thing we thought we gave unto God and forgot about, he brings to the fore. There are so many people I've written here that felt, feel a lot like David did. And I think I've written the psalm on your notes. Psalm 38, 4, he says, My guilt has overwhelmed me. It's overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. I spoke a couple of weeks ago now to a lady, as I do, I talk to anybody, as you know. Um, she used to be, I've written on the notes, tonight, yeah, to remind me. She wanted to teach, she wanted to mentor, she wanted to train people. I'm not going into details, but what she'd done in her past, she felt as though it was stopping her from sharing what she wanted to share with the people because of her past. I spoke to somebody else who thought that because they had a bad marriage before, that the marriage that they were now in was going to have its same problems as the first marriage did. Because of people's failures. And they hadn't sorted it out in their head that what had happened in the past wasn't going to necessarily repeat itself. But this person found it difficult to get over the past I've written on your notes this morning. Moving past the failure, your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. Guilt. Guilt isn't from God, friends. God, guilt, God doesn't make us feel guilty at all. It's the devil that makes us feel guilty. And the question we've got to ask is, who do we actually believe? We spoke about grace. We spoke about amazing grace. We sang about amazing grace. Guilt paralyzes action. John 1.9. John 1.9 is in your notes. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us with all righteousness the only thing that guilt needs to do is drive us to say sorry to God don't think Jack's ever going to see this in his lifetime who had one of them he's got one there you go he's got one there you go do we all know what one of them is it's an extra sketch. I had one as a child. You can draw squares, you can draw rectangles until the cows come home. But if I remember rightly, on the front of the box was a picture of a bus or something with round wheels. There is no way, as far as I'm aware, that you can draw a circle, a perfect circle on an etch sketch I think it's the first ever iPad. Just so you know. Um, 
The drawback with an Etch-a-Sketch is if you make a little mistake, you can't rub it out, can you? Do you remember how to clear it? Directions say you turn it upside down and you shake it and you turn it back again. Okay? Yes? You know where this is going, don't you, this morning? Does our life need to be like an Etch-a-Sketch this morning? Do we need to be turned over by God and shaken hard? And do we want all the past to be rubbed away again? Do we need to let it go to God? Do we need to start again? Is our life like an Etch-a-Sketch? This is exactly what God does for us according to the passage we read. So what's on our Etch-a-Sketch this morning? What was on those, that chain thing that I showed you? Anger, rage, I've written here, resentment, hurt, bitterness, feelings of being betrayed, unfaithfulness. What's on your Etch-a-Sketch this morning. The Bible says that God is faithful and just and he will forgive our sins. But he doesn't stop there. In Jeremiah 31, 34, I've written it on your notes. For I will forgive their wickedness. And here's the great bit. I've written it underlined. And remember their sins no more. The Salvation Army Chorus goes... No more, no more, he remembers sin no more. See, do you remember that? Andrew's going, what? Yes, am I making it up, Dory? Have I got it sussed? Is that right? Thank you. Bow to my people who know more than I do because they're older than I am. Um, I'm sure I remember singing that. Yes, Jill agreed and Jill's at my age, so that's okay. Right, okay. We need to remind Andrea what it was like. Okay, you can sing it later over coffee. All right, I'll let you do that over coffee. Which, <coughs> um, we laugh and we remember it. We remember singing it. But do we understand it fully? Do we actually understand what it means for God to remember our sin no more? Do you remember that time, Rob, when I didn't know, he says? Do you remember? No, I don't remember. God, do you remember? No. But it only happened yesterday and God goes, no. So why do we bring it up? Why do we highlight our own failures to people when God doesn't even remember them? Ever thought about that? Why have I told you about some of my failures when God doesn't even remind me of my failures? Why do we get so hung up the fact that we've done this, this, this in the past when God says, yeah, but I've, I've wiped the slate clean. It's called grace. You haven't got to carry it anymore. You haven't got to put up with that failure anymore. 
I don't remember it anymore. And it's not that God's got a bad memory, is it? He doesn't have to make to-do lists to remember, does he? Tie knots in his handkerchief. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to do that. God hasn't got a bad memory. He chooses not to remember. How great's that? How great is it that God chooses not to remember? Once he shakes that etch-a-sketch clean of our lives, he doesn't remember what was on it. He doesn't remember what was on it. Second thought highlighted on your notes. You're not what you have done. You are who God says you are. Okay? You've not what you've done. You are who God says you are. I've written there, Satan tries to get you to personalise a failure. Yeah, I was divorced. Okay? Now, do I walk around saying I was a divorcee? And like, No. Does God remind me of that? No. Does the devil try to say, hey, yeah, you failed, Graham, didn't you? You call yourself a Christian and yet you failed in your marriage. That's not what the good book says. Why did you fail? And we have this conflict in our head and in our hearts about what we believe and who we believe and why we believe. But according to God, it's not what we've done in the past that matters. It's who God says we are now, today. And I personally say thank you to God for that. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, says 2 Corinthians 5, New Living Translation. Anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. Some of us here are salvationists full members of the church, other people who are adherents, also full members of the church. We've signed pieces of paper to say we'll do this and we'll do that. Does that really matter in the big scheme of things of what God wants of us? No. Does that piece of paper really matter? No. What really matters is from this day on, whether we've signed a piece of paper or not, we've made, we've made mistakes after we've signed the piece of paper. But now, we're somebody new. As of today, we're somebody new. Anyone who belongs to Christ, from today we can make that decision to become new. Satan tries to get us to personalise our sin. I've written here, he tries to get us in a mindset where the things that we've done become who we see ourselves to be. For example, we don't say we've taken some things that don't belong to us, but no, we spit it and take it one step further. We are the worst thief that have ever lived. As a child, I accidentally stole. As a child, I accidentally... I remember it well. There were the days when the football cards used to come out with bubble gum in them. Who remembers them? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, okay. And the packets had a bit of a stickiness to them. 
So I went to the corner shop, as you do, because that's what used to live once upon a time. Went to see Arkwright. Okay. I remember, yeah, okay. David Jason, yeah, okay. And I went to the corner shop, and I went to the, where he had them in the suites. I remember picking, going down and picking what I thought were two packets of football cards. And I went to the counter, and I paid for two packets of football cards, and I walked out of the shop. I got home, and I went upstairs in my bedroom, because that's what boys do. And I... And I'm thinking, these were a bit thick. And what had happened, of course, was when I thought I took two, yeah, I took two, I took the bottom one and the top one. And in between were another three. But the shopkeeper hadn't spotted it. And I thought, what, what do I do? Do I go back? No, I didn't. Okay, I, I took them. Does God hold me account to that? Yes and no. Did he know I'd done it? Yes. Does he forgive me? Yes. Am I, is my slate clean? Yes. Do I have to keep telling people that I'm a thief? No. And sometimes the little things that we've done, God doesn't want us to make it bigger things, but the devil goes, you've stole money. You need to go inside. You, right? You're, you're going down. Right? And we in our mindset, in our heads, we think we're worse than we actually are. Yes? Am I making sense? Okay. And I'm it hurts sometimes, friends, when we can't get that out of our heads and we sometimes we, we think we're with somebody that we're not. But it says there, you, have, you are not what you have done, you are what God says you are. And I thank God for that this morning so whatever has happened however painful we can't change it whatever it is we can't change it but Christ can change it I've written here just do this whenever your spiritual enemy tries to remind you of your past Satan says you're this and you're that and tries to bring up your past you just remind him Satan of his future Where's Satan going? He's going down. Yes. You just tell him you're nothing. You've been defeated by Christ. That is the devil. The risen Christ lives inside of me and is greater is the one who lives in me than of the world. I love the way Paul says it in Philippians. Philippians 3, 12, 15. He says this. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved all of these things as we read. In other words, he says, I'm not perfect or that I've already reached perfection, he says, but I press on. I press on to possess the perfection for which Christ has Jesus in Jesus possessed me for. Forget in the past, I move on. Who's watched the film Run Baby Run with Nicky Cruz? David, thank you, Rob. David Wilkerson, Nicky Cruz. If you, how can you not have seen the film? Nicky Cruz was the biggest. It's an American gangster theme between two drug, two drug gangs, and they go around with knives and stuff like that. If you, you've got to see it, right? And it's it's full on. It, it, there's gang gang warfare in America is 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 strong, a bit like Mexico and things. People kill, right, just for a cup of coffee. It's it was that bad, okay. And these gangs were, right, and Nicky Cruz was the leader of one of these gangs. 
And David Wilkerson was a country preacher. He's a famous gospel, um, lect- uh, communicator now, the gospel message. And to cut a long story short, that Nicky Cruz went from being the worst man in the planet to being a Christian and following Christ. And now he's led loads of other people to Christ. You need to see the film. It's one of those classic Christian films that people need to see. I've got the book. You want to read the borrow the book? Borrow the book. The book's called The Cross and the Switchblade. And then the follow-up to that is Nicky Cruz's called Run Baby Run. And I have that as well. If you want to borrow it, let me know. If Nicky Cruz can be changed by God, then so can we. If you and I are going to get past our past friends and the labels that, so as I said the first week, so easily hold on to us, then we need to let God have what his way. And the point three, on the back of your notes, if you turn your notes over, should say this. You can't change your past, but Christ can change your future. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things we read. Or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, says a New Living Translation, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. When the devil reminds you of your past, remind him of his future. And for those of us who know Jesus, we have a great future in heaven. Don't we? For those of us who don't, then come and talk to some of us who do. And let us share with you something of what we know and something that we believe. Can we get past our failures? We can with Christ. Let's pray together. Father God, this morning we just thank you that sometimes our life can be like an etch-a-sketch. Lord, we draw our own plans on it. Lord, we make our own decisions of the way we need to go up or down, left or right. And Lord, sometimes though we make mistakes. And God says, look, I can change it. I can change it if we just allow him. And Lord, this morning, maybe we allow ourselves to be changed by him despite all our past failures, and we've all got them, despite those chains that are tying us back and holding us back, let's give it all to God just now in our hearts. Let's hand it over to him. Because he remembers sin no more. And we can move on. We can be free from the baggage and the burdens. Father, just now we just pray, as people of yours, that we just open up our hearts and our lives to you again this morning, afresh. Let's not think about the past. Let's think about the now and the future.
Let's just allow ourselves to be guided by you, Lord, in all that we do. For Lord, with you there is a future, an everlasting future, an eternal future, one that will never, ever stop. May we come to know you and come to know that. Lord, you don't hold anything back of our past. Lord, you don't want us to even think about it. So just now, may we just give it to you. Lord, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for dying for us. We thank you that we have grace. Even though, as we said before, when God says grace, he means something he gives to us that we don't deserve. Lord, we feel so unworthy just now as we sit in your presence and just receive from you. Lord, just bless us, we pray. And be all that we need in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like us this morning, before we sing our last song, to sing this song. Lord, I come to you. Let my heart be changed, renewed, flowing from the grace that I found in you. And Lord, I've come to know the weaknesses I see in me will be stripped away by the power of your love. As we sing this morning, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity in every Salvation Army meeting. If we just want to bow our heads in prayer as we hear people sing and just make our own prayers, that's great. If we want to make an act and come forward and kneel, again, that's fine. But let's just have this moment for ourselves, friends. Let's just reflect on our series that we've done. And let's reflect on what it means for us today and now and in the future. A few bars of introduction, please, Maureen, as we sing together as we make our responses. Lord, I come to you.
this morning, that we are enfolded in the arms, that we're enfolded in the arms of God's love. Closing song for this morning, Song Salvation Army, Songbook 281, and we sing, Who shall dare to separate us from the love of Christ our Lord? Neither pain nor tribulation, persecution, want, or sword. Nay, in all things that may hurt us, we shall more than conquerors be. Do I get an amen? No. Okay. Through the Christ who proved he loved us by his dying on the tree, neither death nor life nor angels, principalities nor powers, nor things present nor things future can disturb this faith of ours. Height nor depth or any creature, tis the promise of his word, shall have power to separate us from the love of Christ our Lord. Band's going to help us. 348. We're just going to sing the first verse and the last verse of 348. Bear with me. I'm going to have to change my book. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for that promise as we leave this place. That nothing, nothing at all can separate us from your love. Lord, we thank you that we have a past. But Lord, we praise you that we have a future and a today. Lord, may we put behind us all that has gone before. And may we leave the behind in the past. And Lord, may we move on in the knowledge that we are a new creature, a new creature in you. Lord, you have created us a new being. You have set us free. And Lord, we now press on to win that prize, to be like Jesus, that we may have everlasting life and a future with you. Lord, bless us. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all, now and forevermore. Amen. And amen. Tea and coffee will be served shortly in the barn. Feel free to join us. Thank you.
Yeah, I need as many. Yeah. I'm trying to 